Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Thursday. It's 1.30 on the East Coast in the U.S. It is Rankable Live, and I'm really excited. So appropriate to have Christina Azarenko on here today because we're talking e-commerce. We're a few weeks away from Black Friday. She is the founder and SEO consultant over at Marketing Syrup. She She's written books. She teaches courses. She works with her students to teach them all about SEO. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing, Christina? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And hey, everyone, um, I'm good and I'm excited to dive right into interesting things today. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, just the other day, you were at SMX Next, um, you know, presenting. With you were Colt. actually with my colleague. Yeah, with my colleague Colt. And yes. you guys did an audit. How did the audit go? It was fun. And um, what's interesting is that we ended up <laughs> choosing uh, all websites that were e-commerce websites. Uh, it was not because the, these websites were e-commerce. It just happened to be so that all of them were uh, e-commerce. But I mean, it was uh, it was fun. It was interesting. It was a really cool session because there were people um, uh, we were on Google Meet. So it was very warm and conversational where people could ask questions in the chat and sometimes unmute themselves and ask uh, follow-up questions. So it was really fun. And uh, I had fun to do this with Colt. It was, I mean, it was amazing. We just complimented each other so well. That's, I love that. And, and to your point, it's like Google Meet. It's like you kind of don't know what you get, what you're going to get. I think Colt mentioned at one point, someone chimed in and wanted to start answering questions for you guys. And you're like, what what do we do here? But yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes uh, I actually love it. So when I do uh, QA calls, for example, in my course, and of course, as as every SEO know, every experienced SEO knows, you can't know everything. And there's some subtle things that okay, I didn't try to install this plugin on WordPress, but some of my students did. So when there is a question, and someone's like. Can I also contribute? And I'm always welcoming people to contribute because I find that's the best way to like learn. It's it's also important like when people contribute or when just like they want to show off, but that was not the case totally. People were really contributing. Yeah, exa exactly. That is a fine line between being like too self-promotional and actually being helpful, but it really comes down to experience. And, you know, you have you know, over 10 years experience before we dive into this, because I do want to know how you got into SEO. Uh, you so you one fun fact that you shared with me is you have a husky, <laughs> a beautiful husky, Muna, who apparently you you have conversations with. You talk to your husky. Yeah, she's very talkative, you know, like all huskies, but it's funny that she ignores all, all sirens, like everything, which is fun. But she would usually talk in the morning when she wants to go outside. So she's like, woo. And I'm like, okay, we are going soon. Just wait a minute. And she's like, mm. so it's funny. I sometimes even make videos <laughs> while I'm talking to her. I just... um yeah, it's uh, so interesting to voice her too. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. We have the same thing with Lucy. Is like they dogs have. I mean, I'm a dog person as well. Such a personality. You yeah, know, you, exactly. You know them so well. But how, so, how did you get into SEO in the first place? Yeah, it happened more than ten years ago, and. Um... I was working at that moment. I was working at one um, watch factory, and I was a debt collector. I would know. I would not go to people and beat them to <laughs> to get the money. It was not this kind of thing. It was just like a watch factory, right? You just call people and remind them uh, that they haven't paid, like, and uh, 
uh, make sure that they paid in a very peaceful manner. So, <laughs> so um, I kind of like, I mean, I learned a lot of skills there, but it was obviously not the, the job of my dreams. And I just like, I decided to quit the university after college. So I decided like, okay, it's going to be my first job. And like, I just had to have a job. And um, one day I was quite bored at my work. I did everything. And then I was just looking for something and I came across a course in SEO. I had no idea what SEO was. I was not really tech savvy, to be honest, like at all. Um, and, uh, but I decided to sign up and it cost like two of my salaries or something like that. Oh, wow. So yeah. And I decided to sign up. It was an off offline course and I learned a lot. And I'd say that like, I would go, uh, I would come back from, uh, studies and then I would read and read and read. I even took some time off my job to learn everything. And then three months later, I got a job with a junior SEO. So that's, and I loved it so much. So that's how my journey started. But I mean, I had no idea where I was going and it just happened that I liked it. it I, I love that because it, it's one of those things where obviously it's a risk to just invest money in a course and just, you don't even know <laughs> if it's going to be for you. But I feel like when you actually pay for courses, because there's so many free courses out there, when you pay for a course, you've got like skin in the game. It's like you you sure. already have taken. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And I see like even my students, they value so much more when they pay for it. And I've seen multiple times, like sometimes with me, sometimes with other products, when you uh, give something for free, something that costs money for free, people don't really value it. But, and also I think that when it comes to skills, yeah, of course it could not work for me. Like there was, there was an option that I wouldn't just like it and that's it. But it's still, I invested in myself. And if I didn't like SEO, maybe I would still like do some kind of digital marketing or maybe not just SEO, but I was introduced to this sphere and I stayed in it. So I see it like investment in myself. And if it's investment in yourself, nobody can, can, can uh, actually like take it from you because it's you, it's your skills, but it's your responsibility to make it worth for you. I, I completely agree. I mean, you are accountable. There's so much opportunity just online. Speaking of which, so if someone like wants to get into technical SEO, there, there, there are some like, you know, beginner's ways to get involved and then it gets, it can get very complex really quickly for technical SEO specifically, where, where would you recommend that someone starts? Um, I think, um, if, if this is completely like the first time where you, uh, see everything, um, it's not really, it doesn't really matter where, where you start. You can just Google like technical SEO and then see if you want to go deeper. But what I would say is that, okay, so, um, if you, if you want to be in technical SEO, it means that like nobody starts with just technical SEO. It means that you already know, uh, SEO or at least what this, what SEO stands for. Right. And like some kind of on-page and maybe link building because like nobody starts with technical SEO. <laughs> it's like the next, the next level. Right. Um, so I would make sure that you are comfortable at looking at the source code, not writing the source code, because as technical as you, you don't need to write code, you don't need to code. But I mean, starting to understand that what you see um, on the page, like in this code, that's exactly 
what uh, transforms into a visual representation of the, of the page that is loading. Also, the next thing is to make sure that you understand how such engines work, how they read these of this code and also how you can make sure that they um read like the pages and parts of the code that they should and parts of the code that they shouldn't like and pages that they shouldn't uh and then you uh walk into canonicals and redirects and all the stuff how you as a webmaster as a technical seo how you can actually um um influence this so That's i think this would be that's like a good point about the coding too, because I'm interested. I almost want to tap into that because on the one hand, yes, you like you don't need to know how to code yourself, but you kind you kind of need to understand to be able to read code. Like you should probably take some sort of coding courses to be able to understand, especially if you're thinking about like JavaScript SEO for for instance, and and rendering, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, if this is, these are just like the first steps, you don't need to take any, right. you don't need to overcomplicate because what I see from uh, people, you know, like people coming into my course, they're like, okay, do I need to learn Python? And I'm like, you can, but Python is like the next, next, next level when you already know everything else, because it's just a tool that helps you to simplify what you already do. And if you don't know what to do, then you don't have anything to simplify, right? And um, that's exactly how I see uh, technical SEO in coding. If you want to code, you can, but at first you'd need to know like uh, SEO specific things like canonical tags, um, uh, no index, all these kinds of thing things. And you don't really know, uh, you don't really need to code for this. I mean, it obviously should be, should be able, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a good thing uh, to still know, like to how to insert a link that it should have a trap, like these kind of like web standards, right? right. But still, yeah, but still not, it's, it's still not coding. But if you want to go further, like JavaScript, yes, I took a JavaScript course a few years ago. I can't try JavaScript from scratch, but this course has helped me a lot with like Google Analytics, with JavaScript SEO, and it, it has helped me to find some issues with my client's website. And if I didn't know how to read like the quotes, like that they should be closed or the ways how to check it, I would not be able to do this. But this is uh, another level. So if you're just starting, I don't think that these would be the first steps that I would recommend. That That's really good advice. It's like you can get there and that is something to get to eventually, especially when you start focusing on things like speeding up the website via Core Web Vitals. And 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 speaking of that, you can you tell me a little bit about this tool that you put together, your little um, the skin, <laughs> the squid game that you put out on Marketing Service? Such a cool idea. Okay, okay. So here is here is a quick story. Uh, I have an SEO Pro extension, uh, which is a free Chrome extension, and it Love shows Core Vitals in addition to everything else. And my husband is a designer behind this. So, um, and I mean, he knows already so much about SEO because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> so, and when uh, the Squid Game um, happened, like when everybody uh, started getting crazy about it, he was like, oh, these, like these guys with these like triangles and circles, they look exactly as COVID vitals. So it was actually him who decided to create like these characters to create them in Figma. So he first created them and he was like, okay, I want to create a tool. I want to help like to create a tool so that you can check, uh, check your URL and see 
COVID vitals, but in a fun way using those characters. So he and the developer we are working with, uh, they put everything together and then we created a page and put it online just for fun. Just like, this is one of the ways to uh, see the COVID vitals, but also not to be like in a fun way so that you're not really upset if they're <laughs> too bad, right? So um, yeah, that's uh, that's the story behind this tool. <laughs> I, I saw that and check that out in the show notes of the podcast. Uh, you'll see a link We'll add that to to Christina's site because it, it's just fun. SEO should be fun. Yes, it's very serious business and and it's all about you know driving traffic and making money. But like it should be fun as well. But in terms of the revenue side, I do want to talk a little a bit about e-commerce and e-commerce websites and how they have some unique challenges to them beyond just like regular websites, especially with technical SEO. So. You work with a lot of e-commerce. What are some technical SEO strategies that you think are uniquely important for that vertical, for anyone selling stuff online? Yeah, so um, uh, there were a few things that I usually see, and like th these are specific things um, for e-commerce. And when I talk about e-commerce, I don't always mean only online stores i mean e-commerce type websites and e-commerce type websites they go beyond just online stores because market think about marketplaces um think about dealerships um that's um they have the same idea behind them there are um product details pages there are category pages there are filters so uh the things that i'm going to talk about uh, in a few moments they are um they're re um they're um relevant for like e-commerce type websites so uh first of all one of the things is faceted navigation uh, <laughs> that all seos love right <laughs> so yeah because it's um i mean by default it's really easy to get it wrong uh in two ways you either create too many pages that are not valuable or you don't create any pages at all um, so here we are coming to the second issue, um, not, not issue, but it's more like an opportunity, uh, for e-commerce stores is create specific categories, sometimes ideally based on like this, um, uh, filters, mm -hmm. uh, and like create facets so that they can be indexed and, uh, people, um, can, um, can find those pages by using long tail keywords versus just like some really like glasses, they would be looking for something like glasses for women or, um, I don't know, round glasses for women, something like that. So, um, and it can be a challenge uh, to create this, um, to, to create this sometimes if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Um, and um, the, the third thing is dynamics talk. So um, it's not applicable to all e-commerce type websites, but to most of them. Like, for example, think about dealership, especially dealerships who um, sell uh, used cars too. So in addition to uh, new cars, they would have used cars. And there's always, <laughs> there's al there are always changes, changes, and also plus like new stock, there will also be changes as well. So uh, some products are getting in stock, some products are getting out of stock. And uh, you have so many pages on the website and you need to know how to manage them. Like, for example, if we compare it with a B2B website that would have like five core pages and then blogs, uh, it definitely uh, shows like a unique uh, issue that e-commerce type websites can uh, face. 
Well, would you say the issue with having so many pages and so many variations of products, is that a cannibalization issue or is that like a crawl budget issue? Like what's the problem with Fasten Navigation having all these pages? Like wh why do you need to get it right? Yeah, so, um, okay, so a scenario when uh, each filter creates um uh, separate page, like, and when, when for example, you apply uh, multiple filter filters, like, let's say you have three different filters, and people can apply them in different orders, and people can apply one of them, two of them, or three of them. Think about a potential, <laughs> a potential number of pages that can be generated, and if all of them are generated, and if all of them are indexable which means that they have a canonical pointing to itself or they don't have a canonical, which is kind of basically the same. Um, and they are they have index uh, follow as metarobots, right? So it means that canonicalization for sure and also for really big websites, uh, there can be issues with crawl budget because uh, Google won't see forest for trees, right? It will be, it will try to index all of those pages, and instead instead of um, uh, instead of maybe uh, spending more time on the pages that really matter, like for example on the product pages, on the new products that are coming, that are updating, and all this um, kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it can be a challenge in uh, canonization as well. You made a good point too. I'm glad you brought up the out of stock because there was actually an article recently on CNN that was talking about how common that is on websites across the country. Do you think out of stock is in essence, obviously with product schema, you want to make sure that you have the most up-to-date accurate information. Do you think websites are penalized if they have a lot of out of stock or if they, if they don't have updated information for their e-commerce site? Like, is that important for actual rankings or, or not? I actually have not seen any instance where you, for example, where you would have a product that is out of stock uh, yeah. and it would be moved down if it's out of stock. And, uh, so not really. And as far as I remember, John Miller also once mentioned this, that like having a product, if it's out of stock and also like the price for this product and if this product is in stock or out of stock, it doesn't um, it doesn't influence the rankings of the product like per se, right? But also um, other things like other potential issues that happen. Okay, so if you are, if you just 404 this page and this page has, links coming in you're just disregarding this page and let's say you have an amazing christmas um something <laughs> and cnn and uh, i don't know forbes wrote about it right and you have links like these just links from those websites and then but it was just like one time thing or um um or i don't know maybe it will be in stock at some point, but you just follow for the page. It means that you're just disregarding those links. Uh, so this is one of the issues that you can uh, face also with dynamic stock. I, that It's really interesting to think about too. And, and it kind of leads into my next question with specifically the stores, the e-commerce stores that you work with. There are a variety of different CMS options out there. Do you have recommendations when you're talking to business websites, when they're considering getting started or if they're even considering a migration, are any of the CMSs better than others from a technical SEO standpoint? I think so. Um, I usually 
um, I usually, like, I, when it comes to uh, online stores specifically, I usually think about three uh, content management systems. It's Shopify, Magento, or a WooCommerce, mm-hmm. right? So, and the choice of this platform would depend on how big a web, like how big a company is, if they like, are they expanding or are they just starting? And also, do they have the budget to like, how much budget they have to support, how much customization they would need. And also, uh, what else? I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, so, uh, oh, and tech saviness. Um, So basically, when it comes to Shopify, it's the most, uh, it's, it's for the least tech savvy people. I'm not saying right. that people who are don't take it out of the context. I don't saying that I'm not saying that people who use Shopify are not tech savvy. I'm just saying that it's um everything there is very easy so that if a if a person is just like for example a small business owner and they are setting up their website, I'm pretty sure that they would be able to do this themselves. Uh, as, especially like at first and first steps because uh this platform is really easy to manage and it's uh, like beautiful and everything you don't need to uh change code or like do anything and all the apps they are installed really quickly and easily so it's it's like competitive advantage of shopify right and they're constantly right. working on improving the system and they even like eliminated this uh thing with not being able to edit robots.txt, right? So they are working, they have amazing SEOs who are constantly improving the platform. So that's amazing. The other thing is that, um, okay, so if, uh, for example, um, the company is more uh, is more tech savvy and it's easier for them, like, and if they are familiar with uh, WordPress, for example, mm. it might be much easier to use WooCommerce uh, versus Shopify. And it has like more ability to change like the code and customize things. And the last option is Magento, but it's all only for like big companies. Right. And you most likely need a full-time developer supporting it because even if you buy extensions, you would still need to them to be customized sometimes because it's very dependable on uh, your like installations, right? On on the things that you have on the website already. So um, yeah, for not tech savvy people who are just starting, Shopify is an amazing option. Or you can start with WooCommerce, and it's uh, uh, it's uh, easy when you are expanding as well. It can help you too. And if you are a big store, then Magento might help. It, it makes that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you clarifying because we know you know the people behind Shopify and WooCommerce like understand from the beginners level SEO to the complex SEO. It's Magento just historically has always been like almost like developer focused from the get go. So it's like the audiences are different. But I think to your point, like especially in the last few years, uh, Shopify with their in-house SEOs are helping the product develop it to cover. Same thing with like Wix, you know, it's like Wix has been I mean, not not as much e-commerce. It's been developing, you know, their, their SEO capabilities. For, for the last bit of this, I do want to make sure that we talk a little bit about Black Friday because, you know, there's like two weeks. The first question is, is there anything people can do at this point for Black Friday to help their SEO to increase their visibility literally in the next 14 days? Yeah, I'd say that um, I definitely recommend, especially if you are 
I mean, it doesn't really matter. So I would recommend creating a separate page for um, Black Friday. Uh, definitely and putting it somewhere in the navigation. Like for example, on this SMX um, uh, SMX event that we were with called uh, this week, there was a website Posh Peanut. It's amazing. Like it's uh, clothes for toddlers, uh, for like children. I mean, it's very cute. Um, and they had a page holiday 2021, which is good, but also um, you want to make sure when people are searching for like Christmas versus Halloween versus Black Friday, you want to be there. So you at least would need a page like with sales because people would like uh, discount code sales, right? But ideally, this should be a page about uh, around Black Friday and your offerings on this page. Also make sure that this page uh, has an evergreen URL so you don't have um, uh, the year indication in the URL. So it's like your uh, store slash Black Friday, let's say, right? And the title tag, does have does have a URL indication interesting in your, yeah yeah so like um special offers for Black Friday 2021 right because you can change it next year to 2022 so and also make sure that there is uh proper merchandising on this page so for example okay if you have like 10 products okay but if you have 100 products don't make people to scroll through all of them because nobody will scroll to page 99 or even 22. I mean, uh, I don't know why 22 is just a random example. But uh, yeah, make sure that people can filter there as well and see what kind of products you have. Uh, that's something that I would definitely do. And also like uh, easy things like adding this page into, the, into navigation, uh, creating banners. Uh, what else is a really good thing to do is um, you can have basically, you can already set up this page if you, even if you don't have products, but you can um, set up an option to um, leave people's emails so that mm. you email them special offers when they are available, when you have this Black Friday offering going on. So that's a good thing to do. I, I like that suggestion because it really is. It's not just getting them to the page. There's also the marketing aspect of of leveraging, especially if you're starting early. I'm curious. You mentioned that how important it is to have like maybe the year in the title tag, but not the URL. How do you feel about like multiple modifiers? So, you know, when we're trying to get keywords and we want like best or free or things like that, would you have multiple Black Friday pages to accommodate each of those types of modifiers? Or would you just have one and try to try to cram them into the title tag? Or does it not matter? I think in most of the cases, there would be one page uh, mm -hmm. with your offerings because um, unless you are uh, a huge store, I mean, if in, even if you're a huge store, I mean, let me think. So. It okay, depends. so if you are, if you, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I actually have a poster uh, on my bag, which it depends. I love that. Um, yeah, I usually show it to clients. So, um, what I was going to say is that people would most likely search for your brand name plus mm. Black Friday or offers or sales, something like that. I don't think that people will search for, like, for example, if you are selling clothes, people will search for, like, Nike um, uh, shoes, like these specific types of shoes, Black Friday. Um, I mean, they might. So it depends in the sense that you need to check, maybe 
check uh, based on the previous years. And you you obviously should have um, access to your Google Search Console, and you can see. It's a really, uh, it's a really good tip. I didn't think about it. Th thank, thank you for this question, because <laughs> that's my happens. <laughs> yeah, you can check out the search terms that you um, had last year. Maybe they mm -hmm. would be with years or without. It doesn't matter. But you can check them out and see uh, whether it makes sense to create a separate page. But from my point of view, yeah, of course you need to optimize this page. But from my point of view, I can't see a situation where you would need to create multiple like three four five pages for this yeah the only thing it's thinking now you've got me thinking too because like when you mentioned the like the brand searches you always see this idea especially in like SaaS world where it's like building brand competitor pages so this versus this i can imagine there might be an opportunity if someone's searching for your competitor brand and they're not taking advantage of their own brand name to like build a black friday page saying like you know, using a brand competitor page, like in the title tag, it's, it's forget, shady, forget Nike, forget Nike <laughs> by Adidas, right? <laughs> but at smaller levels, absolutely. Right. Like if you're yeah. not like the top of the vertical, I, that would be an interesting experiment to try. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good insight. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're, we're almost at the end. I don't want to go too far over. I did have one, like, let's, let's ask this one last question, which is, from your perspective, you mentioned a bunch of e-commerce Black Friday tips. What's the biggest mistake that a website could could do before Black um, Friday? Okay, so I have an example and I wrote about it uh, last year. But first, um, okay, so the first mistake is that um, I'll tell you about an example in a moment. Just the first mistake is just ignore Black Friday. I mean, if you don't uh, have these sales at all, then like ignore but if you do have them you just can't ignore black friday you need to you need to uh you need to like create the page create these offerings um but the biggest mistake um that i saw last year and this was with one of my favorite website it was um i it's i always find it hard to pronounce it um so it's when one year devoir uh mm -hmm. it's um uh, it's a European website of clo clo with clothing, um, and I might uh, then uh, give you a link, and you can add, add this link to uh, yeah, the notes. Yeah. So, oh my God! So I was shocked. I was like just writing, write, writing the post as I was seeing this. So I went to their page because I was thinking, oh, they might have some offers, and they did. But what happened is that the whole website, and again, it's an e-commerce website, they have categories, they have products, they have everything like any online store would have, but each of their page would 302 redirect to their domain slash password page with a countdown uh, to Black Friday deals. <clears throat> and they had this option to leave your email, which is good, but this mm -hmm. is not how you treat a website <laughs> and you you just you just don't do this you just can't uh, redirect all the all the website the whole website each and every page to this password page don't that's like, awful is... you must have been like like i, I need to I was help writing... you <laughs> I mean, I was I was writing a post and like documenting and doing screenshots and like uh, short videos just because I knew that if I missed it the next day, like I would not even be with myself. So, and I was actually waiting for this countdown to 
uh, step, like to finish. And uh, I, I assume that they will have the website back and they did. But I mean, it's still like setting up 302. It's good that they didn't uh, didn't set up 301s just because like they are cached in browser too. So even when they would remove when they remove the um, the redirects, people who saw like who already access these redirects uh, in their browsers might still see this password page. But I mean, still, it's like no, it's like if you don't care about SEO at all. <laughs> do this but don't do this <laughs> <laughs> it's a case study and what not to do it's like those types of situations you 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 kind of display to other people like here's the potential consequences like i think about it's not the same because it was you know 500s but with facebook when they went down and the question is like how long before it gets de-indexed it's the same thing where you're like redirecting like how quickly are you screwing yourself over by like setting up these redirects and, and will you be able to recover in the same capacity? Yeah, and I know, I know that Google sometimes is so sneaky. You have your page, it happened to uh, I me, mean, you have your page in order, everything is fine, and then it's not available for 10 minutes, and it's like, de-index. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then, they, and then, then they remove uh, re-index option. <laughs> It's oh, that's all, Christine. I, I love talking about this this stuff. Thank you so much for for joining me today. This has been awesome. I want people to be able to find you. It when if they want to get in touch with you online, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, uh, sure. So you can get in touch uh, with me on Twitter. You can see my handle uh, here, Christina Zarenko Azarchik. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Christina Zarenko as well, and my website is marketingsyrup.com. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Choose uh, choose the source that work, works for you. <laughs> awesome. You should you should get there from the link for her little uh, Squid Game uh, Core Web Vitals game. Now, <laughs> find find Christina. Thank you so much for being my guest. This this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you everyone who stayed and who um, watches this in replay. Uh, thank you so much, and have an awesome SEO campaign and campaigns. <laughs> Love it. Have a great, do that stuff before Black Friday. This is Garrett Sussman from IPO Rank for the Rankable Podcast. Next week, we are hosting, it's a special 3.30 p.m. time with Ram Fishkin. We're going to talk about modern audience research techniques. He's over at SparkTuro after doing Moz for all those years. Excited. Thanks again, Christina. We are signing off. Catch you later. <laughs>